It's time for building the game. Building the game with Jason and friends. Tabletop game design. The fun forever It's at the end of the episode. That's when it technically ends. Hello and welcome to Building the Game, a documentary podcast. Today is Monday, July 11th, and you're listening to episode 528. As always, I am your host, Jason. Here today, joined by one of our regular co-hosts. That is Miss Raven McKenzie. Hey, Raven, how you doing? Hey, pretty good. How are you? Doing good. Doing good. It's uh, been a bit since we've been able to chat. <laughs> Indeed. Indeed. I'm glad we're able to uh, get together and, and talk about this pretty cool topic. Yeah, we've got good stuff to talk about. Um, what have you what you what have you been up to lately? So, oh boy, um, great stuff at work. Um, I recently had some visitors come out. Um, I had, I think the second, second, yep, uh, set of visitors, my older sister, her husband, and then uh, my niece and nephew were here for the last week over the, into the, the fourth. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I know we we got to chat for a minute uh, while they were there, and uh, I, uh, w- yeah, it it sounded like a loud, crazy house. It sounded a lot like my house, frankly, does most of the time. So <laughs> it, it it happened to be the night that um, I babysat uh, both my my niece and nephew, uh, and in theory, my niece was going to be occupied by the tablet, and my nephew is kind of going to babble and hang out. Um, not quite how that night played out (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah i've been there i i don't know how many times it's gotten better i know your niece and nephews are are younger my kids are a little older now but they've had tablets to play with since forever now because because fire tablets from amazon are cheap uh and totally worth it and uh and so they've had them for a long time but in the beginning we would like give them a tablet to use Mm-hmm. And Josiah, my older kid, he he would be okay with it. Uh, he would still need some help sometimes, but my daughter like didn't know anything about what she was doing. Mm-hmm. Um, fast forward to now, uh, I was recommended. I had a game recommended to me by Connor Wake on our BTG meetup um, called mm-hmm. Wilmot's Warehouse uh, on the Switch, and uh, it's this like silly little two D game where you're like uh, like top down you're organizing you're a square guy who's got square boxes and you're organizing it's kind of like you working in an amazon warehouse um and you get deliveries and you just move these boxes around and stuff and uh my daughter today who's eight i walked her through like a two-minute tutorial and then had to go to a meeting and came back and she was farther in the game than i'd gotten (laughs) Um, i was like look at you go and she was super proud of herself and uh yeah, so so they do get better at those things. They really do. I mean, especially I tell you, um, my I have a total of three nieces and one nephew. I had one niece, one nephew over this past week. Um, niece is turning three in August. My nephew just turned one uh, Friday before or last Friday. Um, and you just give them the tablet. And you don't even have to, like, they know how to unlock it, access different apps, like, change the settings. I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) Uh uh So much. Yeah, it's it is crazy. Like, I feel like like I know that my kids learned how to, like, unlock our phones 
very quickly with like the swipe or swipe to answer. Like when that was, it used to be like swipe to answer or swipe to unlock. And like, they figured all of that stuff out. Like, it's just like, they just do it. Um, And, you know, I mean, we grew up uh, with, you know, different levels of technology. Right. And so Mm -hmm. it's just amazing to see how quickly they just like latch onto it. (laughs) Just know what they're doing. Yes. Yeah. It's a, it's cool though. Well, I'm glad you got to have some family visit. Were they from out of town? I assume. Yeah, they came in from uh, New York. Um, so quite, I think it was oh, way out of town. Yeah. <laughs> uh, unfortunately, I'm the only one uh, from my family in uh, Nevada. Everyone else is New York, Alabama, Arkansas. Uh, oh wow! And, yeah, <laughs> we're, we're spread out a little bit. Uh, is most of your family still in Michigan? Yeah, all all of the family that I still like, you know, like my my immediate family, they all live in Michigan. It's that we none of us live close by. My mom's actually moving to Kalamazoo where we are. And oh. so for the first time in 20 years, we'll actually have like a parent living near us. Oh, nice. Um, which is kind of cool. Uh, but mm-hmm. everybody lives within about two and a half hours of where we are. Oh, uh, just our, our parents, basically. Um, we're not real like. I don't really see any other parts of my family just because we're just like, not one of those families. Like, I, mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know. Yeah. Like there are some families that are like really into families. And then there are some that just like, aren't. <laughs> and I feel like we're the second category. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, it is nice. It is nice being within a drive of of like our parents and such. That's right. It's a tad um, bit it, harder uh, on this end to make. <laughs> right, yeah. right, right. Um, yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so we uh, have a cool topic to talk about tonight that was inspired uh, <laughs> by the fact that you had uh, children visiting you, <laughs> and. Uh, we were brainstorming about topics and you, uh, you said, what about designing games with kids? And then we both went back and forth clarifying that we meant designing games as in designing them with children, not designing them with children. Um, (laughs) right. Like, you know, (laughs) you're actually designing the game with the kids, not you design games. And then you also have kids and therefore you have less time to design games. Uh, which okay. is also a thing, but um, yeah, right. yeah. <laughs> uh, yes, the designing them together with a child by your side. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, in in so yeah, you were inspired with this because you said you know right now your nieces and nephew are too young to play games, but you you like creating activities and stuff with them and things like that for them to do and um exactly, and I think my just you know whatever you're into always comes out in I feel like what activities you suggest to do together um more so with you know the one that's almost three than the one that's one it's it's more just hangouts uh but there was a lot of whether it was we did a lot of cooking activities and we definitely did I wouldn't quite call them games but as close to playing a game as you'll get (laughs) with someone of that age um and just within those activities seeing kind of what worked, what didn't work, what um, what she enjoyed, uh, what she was done with after two and a half minutes, you know? Um, very insightful, I felt like. Um, but you've actually right. designed with your kids 
uh, right? Yeah, I have. I've designed, um, you know, we've designed actual like full on games for one with each of the kids. And then, you know, they design a lot of stuff on their own and like I've given them input and things like that. Or, and they give me input on my stuff. You know, they'll play the games I've designed if, if they're, you know, they're games that they're able to play. I mean, I mostly design like easy to learn stuff. So, I mean, some of my published games like Water Balloon Washout, my first game I ever published is one of their favorite games to play. Um, and it's because it's a simple game you can play with kids. That was the whole point of designing it was mm. I had kids and wanted to design a game that I could play with them. So, right. um, yeah. So I think that, um, for us, it's been a really, really fun thing to do as like a family activity together. Ooh. Um, yeah. And so when you mentioned this topic, I was like, I jumped at it. So I was like, Oh yeah. <laughs> like I always want to talk about that. That's fantastic. Right. Um, so yeah. So thinking about that, um, you know, I think the first question that popped in my head, and I certainly have opinions about this, but like, <laughs> uh, I'm curious what, what your thoughts are. The, the first question I think that comes up is like, for somebody who hasn't designed games with their kids or with someone else's kids that they randomly design right. games with, I don't know, maybe you design games with your nieces or nephew or whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Like, why? Like, what are the what are the positives to doing that and the reasons behind designing you know, games with, with your kids or with kids. I feel like you kind of touched on it a little bit just now. Part of it is, you know, you're, you're spending time together, um, bonding with one another. And um, in in my case, it would be trying to do these various activities, whether it's matching or painting or Mm -hmm. uh, different um, components that are safe, uh, that are age appropriate for <laughs> that was a big one. Like, what game do I currently own that has big enough pieces that won't, you know, cause an emergency trip to the hospital if I pull them out? Um, and so, just that, like, the sense of, I think, her enjoyment from the activity, the excitement at the different pieces, and figuring the things out. Um, and just that quality time together are a couple reasons why I feel like um, it's been fun to do, uh, to play different things uh, with uh, my niece. Um, what about you? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. So I, first of all, I agree with all of that. Absolutely. You know, I think the big things for me are um, the, obviously that bonding time, like you mentioned, that is 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 a really big thing. And it's you know, for me being able to share something that I love and seeing that the kids also love it, that is really cool. Mm-hmm. You know, like my kids, they unprompted, like saw me designing games and then just said, I'm going to design a game. Um, and then they, you know, designed some ideas together and, and, you know, at first nothing was really playable or it was like mm-hmm. always the same, basically like roll and move thing. Um, and like, but it, but it was cool, right? Because like they were inspired by seeing what I was doing. And first of all, that as like a parent or mentor or whatever, that feels really good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Right. Mm -hmm. Um, And then, but I think some of the other benefits you've got, you know, like when you think about like games in general, games are fantastic for teaching rules to kids and patience and, you know, following systems and things like that. Mm -hmm. Um, But I, I think that the creation process for me of designing games with kids really is is the magic of it is like when you 
make something together right and i think if you're a parent or a mentor or whatever who's making um maybe you're making a craft you know like you would mention painting or something when you at the end you have this thing you're able to say we did this together right? right um and that's cool and um and that's something i think that they can be proud of and that you can be proud of being a part of mm-hmm. and so that to me is really is just is a really fun experience and and finally too i think just the idea of helping them harness their imagination and kind of think differently mm-hmm. about ideas and stuff like that around games and and different things and how do they incorporate that um is is just really really cool and like i can't think of any negatives around doing that with your kids unless they like hated it and didn't right. want to do it and you force them to do it and that's 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 not cool not don't good. do that not cool yeah no one should be forced to design a game. Uh, it will probably show up in the game play. <laughs> so I was going to say that the next thing that kind of popped into my head around this idea was the idea of like, like, what are the, I use the word restrictions, but I, I, I don't think that that's a good, um, I don't think that that's a good word necessarily. I'm just thinking about like, you know, I guess limits around the design, you know, you have to, look at the age of the kid and say, what are we, not just the age even, but the experience of them with games and with those types of systems and things to understand what will they be capable of designing and how much of it do you want to be theirs and how much of it do you want to help them Mm -hmm. um, with ideas and with shaping the experience and, and what they end up with that's such a good and I, I like what you said there not not necessarily restrictions but um parameters or just parameters like, that's a good word yeah because it, it really depending on the kid in question i think sometimes that's something to do with age but also sometimes because i've seen very mature whatever year old it doesn't really matter or people everyone has different kind of ways like to process things and so I think even within different age brackets, there's a lot of variety in there. Um, it really is just, I think, uh, when you brought up the mentor piece, whether you're a parent or a mentor, I think it, kind of taking on that um, mentor role and just kind of being there as a guide um, or maybe even a, a facilitator and helping them work through what they're already thinking about um i think depending on how old they are it might be more of a the the older person taking a, a back seat in some cases and in other cases it's more of a collaborative thing uh, but definitely feeling out like where does it seem like okay they've got this i'm gonna leave this part alone and then like oh wait do you need help with this part okay let's see what you need help with and then kind of going from there um because it's a fun you don't want to take over something but then you also don't want to just sit back if they get frustrated and then you know all of a sudden there's a lot of stuff on the floor and and the activity is over uh it's a delicate balance yeah yeah for sure I, i know that when i was first working with josiah on some games it was really hard to not be like to not say like oh like what about this idea and he's like okay 
and then you just kind of like okay let's do this then you know it's hard as a designer to not Mm -hmm. do that right because i mean that's like even if you're co-designing with someone you can say here are these ideas and as another adult designer they're able to say i like these or i don't like these and here's why you know right um and like understanding too, like what are the points where you want to push them mm-hmm. to think more critically about their idea and what are the points where you want to give in? Right. right. Um, you know, I know with my son, like he'll have a cool idea and like, we'll be talking about it. And then he's like, Hey, what if you lose a turn? And I'm like, well, <laughs> like that's, let's see if we can figure something else out. Right. Cause like, you know, mm-hmm. knowing like those faux pas of like lose a turn, not good no one likes that like you know but like to him it's not necessarily like a bad thing right so um because games that he's experienced as a kid have things like that in them right and even though i've steered him away from a lot of the mass market kids games Mm -hmm. um so that they can play the hobby games and (laughs) and really (laughs) get to understand that it still can be difficult for them to really understand um you know what the best practices are right i mean they're kids you know and i think that's so i think that's important um to help kind of guide them Mm -hmm. and um and i think whenever possible and this is i think this is true for any designer you're working with not just a kid Mm -hmm. um especially if you're in, in a mentor mentee relationship is to show them what doesn't work rather than just telling them right um right so if if you're mentoring someone, say, um, and they bring you a game and they're like, hey, the game does this. And your immediate reaction is like, oh, no, the game shouldn't do that because that's here's why that's a bad idea. Like, first of all, that can feel negative and condescending, even if you mean right. it in the nicest way. Right. Mm-hmm. But in addition to that, really, um, they may not like that. You don't necessarily have their buy in to believe you. Right. Um but like playing through it it becomes easier to point out things like that to say hey when i played this this didn't feel fun or this felt like weird or convoluted or whatever and working through it that way i think is it's always you know better to to show them what's happening and to do it through experimentation in the game rather than just saying bad right right so I mean, unless the idea is like outright like offensive bad, in which case <laughs> worth saying something to see yeah. if they understood that or not, or if you should just slowly back away. Um, yeah. But otherwise, it definitely makes sense. Um, I think between that and then also um, it kind of related um, and it, it, depending on the age, but I think uh, and I, I also with um, uh, an adult co-designer um, being okay with um, if they want if they do decide for whatever reason they want to go in a different direction with uh, either how it's played or, or what you're doing or um, I was I had set up this because uh, my niece is pretty good with her her shapes and colors she's got those down um, and so I was like well you know what I had this like <laughs> bingo stamper from that one time me and my mom did bingo uh, at a casino. So I'm like, we can use this and we can, I'll set up this grid with different shapes and we'll play essentially a combination of bingo and mashing and whatnot. 
Um, she was fine when I was pointing to things. It worked out. We had a good time. The second the stamper was involved and it was like, let's stamp a very specific shape. All bets were off. She just wanted to kind of stamp where she felt like it. And uh, <laughs> right, right, right. Yes. And so I'm seeing like this activity that really she knows the shapes. She knows the colors. She knows like what's clear, what's not. So it should have worked in theory, but in practice, it was just like, no, that's not what I want to do in this scenario. Right. And it was just like, okay, so now we're just kind of stamping wherever we want and that's fine too. And so uh, of course, like when the child is older and when the game is more of an actual game and non-activity, it gets a little bit different, but particularly when they're younger, it's like just kind of let them do what they will as long as they're not destroy. Hopefully they're not destroying your house and home at the same time. But right, 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 right. You got to pick and choose your battles. Yeah, that's absolutely true. And it's funny too, because obviously as they grow up, you know, there's different options around i mean like i so like with my kids yeah like in the beginning like you give them markers and like what's gonna happen um <laughs> you know like uh rolling rights were not fun with them in the beginning because like they were like let's draw everywhere so i feel your pain on that mm-hmm. but like they've both of the kids now have grown up to the point where you know i have a huge cabinet full of just so many game design bits and they're sorted out and stuff and and like they're allowed whenever they need to to go in there and take what they need um, with, with a few exceptions of them saying like, okay, this bin or that bin, you have to ask because those are things that are more expensive and I need to know if you're taking them or not. Uh, mm-hmm. And if I need them, but like, and that, like, I find that they'll just come get stuff and then just work on something on their own. Right. Because, mm-hmm. because they feel like they can, they have access now. Right. Right. Um, but yeah, like in the beginning, even trying to do games with them that involved, you know, trying. I remember the first time we tried to teach a kid a roll and write game, and it was a lot like what you described. It was like all bets are off, right? I got a marker now. Right. I can make stuff happen. That's what I want to do. <laughs> uh, and so, that, yeah. that's a good between the marker and the stamper. Um, the different kinds of components that you can use in the game design process with kids. Mm-hmm. Um, depending on the age, of course, and the size, it's going to vary. But once I get to a certain age, it gets a lot easier, right? Because you're less concerned about things being digested. Right, right. Yeah. That, But see, that is actually a really good point that I, Raven, I didn't even think about that. So like, I, I've, we've talked about this before. We're like, you know, Josiah, my son is like, let's put these little cubes in this game. And I'm like, yeah, but this is a kid's game, but we, we can't just put these little cubes in here because mm-hmm. kids will swallow them. Right. And he's like, but I won't. And I'm like, I know you won't right. uh, because right. you understand these are game pieces and the swallowing them would be bad. But like, you know, your sister might, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so and other kids your age might do that, too. And plus, if you want to print it, say, a game crafter, um, having those little things in there immediately are problematic for, right. um, you know, for they, they won't even print them with with something saying it's for kids because it's they're small pieces. Right. Right. Exactly. Um, so that is a that is a really good consideration that I I should have like thought of, but good job, yeah. Um, that is something to really consider when you're working on this stuff for kids and uh, with kids because you have to remember that the age and experience level of your kid or the person you're working with who is designing um, right. is very likely different than the ones who will be playing it. Exactly. 
even if it's just like you're printing a few copies to give to friends and family and stuff. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of variety within there. And it, even like you have that consideration on the, the small end of the spectrum, but to a certain extent, when you, the larger you go, depending on the age range that the game is for, you kind of run into a different in that they're probably not going to eat it at this point, but it's going to be harder to handle uh, if it's too big to a certain extent. And mm-hmm. so that like trying to get to that happy medium for around about the size and age range that you're aiming for can be, it seems like it could be tricky because it's not always the biggest thing. Isn't always the best thing, even though it, it might seem that way since the smallest is definitely not. <laughs> ideal. Right, right, right. And there are so many things to consider around that and around things like how much text do you put on things even for based on how much a kid can read? Cause again, you don't know with the kid you're working with if they're reading at a level that's appropriate for, right. you know, the um, the kids who'll be playing the game and things like that. So there are so many things around that to really think about. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's crazy. So I'd love to explain a couple um, examples of actually like two games that I worked on with my kids that I've talked about on the show a little bit. Um, but would that be cool if we did that? Yeah. Awesome. So I'll start with um, my son's game. Uh, which which he called Dodgy Dinos. Um, and this is a game we've been working on and off now for several years um, because it's just kind of changed over time. Um, we've had a couple games just like it come out, mm-hmm. um, like literally like so close to it. And then he kind of changed partway through of saying he wanted it to be a game that he helped me design and that we did together, but he wanted it to be a game for adults. Um, so... That posed unique challenges right there, right? Because, in, you know, all the things we've just said, kind of the best practices around, like, how is it age appropriate and stuff? How mm. much do I do guidance, right? He wanted to do something that was kind of out of his league to start with. And he required a lot more of my input because of that. Because, mm. you know, you know, the mechanical ideas that he had weren't always in line with what was going to actually work for a game that wasn't for kids. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, that that does make sense. So I'm curious how how did that pan out? Yeah, so so we worked on it for quite a while. We we had some fun artwork done by a friend of ours and um and we ended up with a game that was fun but a little too heavy for what we were hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um and we kind of we struggled with, you know, just adding too many things to it and then trying to pull those back and then Um, and then one day he said, you know, dad, I think this would be better if we did make this a game for kids. And I was like, hallelujah. Yes. (laughs) Like, so, so from there we went, you know, it started off as this game where you had a board and you're trying to rescue, rescue these dinosaurs off the board. Um, because there's like, um, we went with like the, the lava trope of like the Island. You found these dinosaurs that are still alive today, but the Island is being destroyed. How do you save them? Right. And, um, and uh, we have this cool system that turns out is also a system that's used in Flashpoint Fire Rescue, um, where it's like this targeting system where you roll two dice and it determines like where a fire starts in their case. But in our case, it was where a uh, like a piece of lava landed mm-hmm. on the on the table and uh, around the board. And uh, so you're trying to avoid that lava and it slowly is making it harder and harder to move places. Um, so 
so we we figured out we need to simplify that right and and then and then Roland Wright started to be something I was more interested in. He started to really like too. So I said, well, if we're going to make this a kids game, let's talk about like, what if we made this a Roland Wright <laughs> or some sort of and Wright game to super reduce the components? Because now we can have this little board where we can draw on it to mark spaces that are getting filled in um, rather than having to um, have all these little this was one of the things where I talked about, like, we can't have these cubes in a kid's game, right? right. So, um, okay. yeah, so so what we ended up doing was we ended up um, figuring out that we could make it a uh, roll and write where you were still rolling dice to determine where things were, where things were happening. Um, but uh, But then you could just mark it on the board instead of having to actually have all these components. And then we decided, you know, because so many games, as I mentioned, kept coming out that were matching the theme. So like, and I, I kept trying to steer him. This was a thing where like, you know, you're trying to like steer the person to what you feel like is probably best to make the game, mm -hmm. um, but it's probably not, but it's not what they want. Right. And so like, I was trying to steer him away from the idea of dinosaurs mm -hmm. and lava. Mm -hmm. Um and he was not having it until one day I said, what if it was dinosaurs in space? And he was like, what? <laughs> so, so then we came up together with this story of what if, and this is, the story makes no sense, but it makes it really fun. What if you have astronauts who have pet dinosaurs um, and the, uh, their ship has been hit by a meteor um, or an asteroid or something. And, so their ship has crashed onto this like moon or rocky planet or something. Uh, and the dinosaurs have all escaped. And I was like, picture like a velociraptor with like a space helmet on. And he was like, I'm sold on that dad. That's great. <laughs> I was like, yeah, it's great. Um, so, uh, so instead of lava, it's pieces of this asteroid crashing down. Um, and you're trying to, get your dinosaurs who are freaking out back on your ship so that you can, you can get out of there. So you're yeah. now trying to collect parts of the ship to make your ship work again. And also you're trying to get the dinosaurs safely back to said ship before you take off. And so that's kind of what we're working on now. Um, and we actually just pivoted to that a month or two ago and now have a lot more work to do around that, mm -hmm. but we're super excited around the work that we can do for that. So, yeah. Amazing. I do have, before diving a little deeper into the, the development process, I have a question about the game itself. Uh, can you escape without all of your animals? If you, or do you lose if you do that? We're, we're not sure. Yeah, I think, I think the idea would be you have to get all of them okay. just because um, it just feels like that would be more, like kids aren't going to want to leave any dinosaurs behind, right? right. Like, you know, not, not the Velociraptor, not the Brontosaurus, <laughs> though. Yeah, I mean, a Brontosaurus, like with this, with like a space, like, like bowl, fishbowl helmet on, mm -hmm. like in their big, long neck. That is just so stupid. It sounds so <laughs> awesome to me. Um, like, I just love that. <laughs> oh, okay. That, that makes my, my heart happy. Uh, yeah. Also yeah. Very true. No child would want to leave behind a dinosaur. Probably right. Is. Right. Yeah, and that was so that was our thought. So we're working on that. Uh, we're basically right now trying to super simplify the systems mm -hmm. um, to make it so that it it is really easy 
there was like a movement system and some other things. And we're trying to bring all those into basically one system that is card or dice driven, either one to help you through it uh, so that you can do what you want to do. Um, yeah. Yeah. But we're um, so we're working on that. It is something we want to finish. It's taken mm-hmm. forever, but you know, yeah. I mean, and that's cool that you were able to, like we've talked about, kind of letting them continue on their path, even though you know, like, mm, this probably isn't the best fit, but, uh, and then suggesting, like, alternatives and compromises that still factor in what they want. Like, the, I don't know what prompted you to put the dinosaurs in space, but that, he got to keep the dinosaurs that were clearly very important, which is definitely understandable. Uh, but it's in a different setting, which uh, I think I, I don't uh, off the cuff. I have no idea, but I have a feeling that most of the dinosaur games are set on this planet uh, that are currently out right now is a thought. Uh, I could be wrong, no, <laughs> but I, I feel like the most ones that I've seen is, is more earth-based. So um yeah right and it was kind of the idea of taking two tropes and putting them together was kind of what popped in my head of like you've got the trope of dinosaurs on earth and like lava you know flows or something or an asteroid right like ruining the planet Mm -hmm. and then you've got the trope of like eight million space-based games in general right (laughs) so how do you turn that on its head and make it kind of weird and interesting um and so, yeah, so it's something we're still pursuing. I mean, I, there are there are companies out there that would do something like that. Or yeah. it's something that, you know, if it's a print and play, we can easily make off the Game Crafter, you know, sell a few copies and, and have fun with it. Right. And that is something, so do you find, um, and I'm sure it's like changed over time, but has the end goal been generally for games to finish something together or... In particular with this one, uh, I'm curious as to what, what is the, the end goal? Yeah, you know, him and I, when we started, we agreed that if we could make a game that was viable and finished and fun, that we would find a way to put it out into publication. Even if it was, you know, put on the Game Crafter up for sale, print some copies, give them to friends, sell them to people, you know, just locally, that we would do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but if it, we felt like it could fit with a publisher, we'd show it to a publisher. And I actually, um, had an opportunity to talk through that one with a publisher. Um, and they were interested in it. Um, and they were, it was actually a mass market publisher and they were interested in it. They had some opportunities for it and then some things changed and they didn't have opportunities for it. Um, so we never really got past the initial discussions, but it was a, Hey, this is really interesting. I'd love to hear more about this. We have these different ideas and they came back and said, Hey, those ideas don't work, unfortunately, uh, with the landscape changing. So, um, and that was all around, you know, COVID times and things like that. So, okay. But I mean, at least you've gotten that affirmation. I'm I'm sure if one likes it, then I wouldn't be surprised if more were on board with it. Um, right. Right. Well, that's exciting. And then, so, so the second game, which this has an even more interesting story of where this, almost went um is a game so my daughter seeing my my son design games she's younger but she was like dad i want to design a game and i said okay and she said but i want to tell you what i want and i want you to make it happen and then i want to work with you to make it better and i said okay 
Sure. I mean, she didn't say it in those exact words, but that's essentially what she said to me. And I said, yeah. okay. So I said, well, what do you want the game to be? And she said, I want princesses eating popcorn uh, and playing hopscotch. <laughs> and I said, I can work with that. So about two days later, I came back to her with a pretty simple functioning prototype of what became called Princess Popscotch, uh, which was about princesses uh, hopscotching their way through a forest to have a movie night. Uh, That was her addition, was the movie night with the popcorn. Uh, Mm -hmm. So they were picking up magical popcorn through the forest uh, to bring said popcorn to um, the the castle and have a Mm -hmm. movie night. Um, and it started off as a competitive game. And then we realized very quickly, it was more fun as a co-op game. Cause like, basically she would be like, when you win, everybody else still has to finish and take their popcorn to the castle. Cause they have to go for the movie night. And so I was like, great. Why don't we just make this a co-op game? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that. <laughs> Where everybody's on the same team. Right. And she was totally on board with that. She was like, that sounds great. Um, so so we worked through several iterations of that game um, and got it to a point where we were really happy with it. Um, and uh, so this next part of the story, she does not know and she'll not know until she's older. Um, I included it in a pitch deck to a mass market publisher on a whim because they were looking for something around that age. Um, and so I said, oh, I'm just going to throw this in there and see what happens. Uh, and of all the things I had, they came back and said, we want to talk about this one. <laughs> yeah. Like, wow. Wow. Okay. Um, so they came back and said, listen, we don't know if we have a place for this or not. We've got some ideas, um, but we feel really good about this. So we're going to sign it. So they signed it. Um, yeah. and that was amazing. Right. Um, so they signed it, um, and myself and this designer who works for the company, sat down and started going through iterations and iterations and iterations of what the game uh, could be um, mm-hmm. and where it could go and what, what, you know, different, um, different places who would be selling it or licensing to it. What would they be interested in? Right. What would they do with it? And uh, so we started working on that. We worked on that for several months uh, and every time me. So basically um, this was a designer actually who had worked on games that my daughter had played. Um, so I was able to say, Hey, this person, um, and I'm not naming names cause I, I can't, but I was like this person who designed these games. You like these two games there, they want to help me with your game to make it better. And she was like, that's awesome. So I would say, okay, they suggested this. And then we would sit down and we would play it and she would say what she thought about it. And I would take her ideas and stuff and I would go back and say, here's where we're at. And, um, and they took it to, uh, retailers, like, cause they do like this pre retail pitch to see, mm-hmm. you know, and, um, and the retailers just, they wasn't an age thing they were interested in right now. Um, so they gave the game back, um, which was a huge bummer, uh, because it would have been a licensed game and it would have been cool. It would have been really cool. Um, they uh what's cool too though is you get to keep the advance so that's nice but it was a it was a bummer um and so i've never told her that i just she said i thought that person was helping us and i said they were they were you know i said and they gave us everything they could but now it's kind of back to us but she's happy with where the game is um and i'd love to clean it up and do a little art for it and again just put that one out there uh-huh. um 
though yeah though it i mean the fact that it had legs like that right that they mm-hmm. like a large company was like we see the value in this that's pretty awesome right i agree that's more you know i mean when we think about how many games have been designed how many games have been have you know not every game is designed with the purpose of getting it out there and published but to do something like that is is no small feat for sure especially you know together co-designing that with your child so i felt absolutely amazing right right so i mean you know someday i'll get to tell her that and she'll be like whoa right (laughs) um but you know now it would just like it would make her sad i mean i even got to see like what mock-ups would have looked like of stuff and so it just would have like it's like oh this would have been so cool for everybody oh (laughs) you know i mean i am we are better off for the experience because it really like it gave me just as a designer it gave me a lot of good insights into what um you know like like really what it's like to work with a publisher like that because Mm -hmm. you know i was working with a developer back and forth and um, and that was a new experience for me. So that was pretty cool and really helpful in general, right? Mm. Um, so those are my my two specific, um, you know, specific things that that we worked through uh, with games. And um, and I, I I certainly you know a lot of the stuff we're talking about here uh, from my point of view are things that I learned working on these games, right? And trying to make them. Uh, you know, really help the kids make the games be what they want to be. Right. That is absolutely, you know, I I wish they both had slightly different endings, but overall, just that, like you said, that having had that experience as a designer, as a parent, uh, that's got to be, you know, I mean, it's only up from here, right? For, for all of you in your game. Right. Yeah. I mean, I have, uh, I have no, like, no, like begrudged feelings about any of that. Right. Like Mm -hmm. it was a great experience. Mm -hmm. Um, and as much as it, um, you know, was a bummer in some places, uh, it it still was 100% worthwhile. And I'm super glad that I got the experience doing that. And, um and it just really kind of gave me a renewed like yes we need to like we need to make sure that the kids are getting to do what you know they're getting to work on all this stuff because clearly like we are a good team with this it's good for them and so yeah yeah i um it's been very cool did both of you or it it seemed like just from naturally because i'm sure when you can, um, you design at home. Was it just from naturally seeing you at your craft for a while that they decided that they also wanted to, to get into it? Yeah. I really do think, you know, seeing that I was doing that and cause they loved games from a, from a young age, because I, I made sure that they played a lot of games and that they played a lot of really good games. Um, like, I mean, I own so many kids games because like, and my wife is always super supportive about like, let's buy this kid's game. This looks like a good game. You know, like we have everything from educational games to just silly fun games to some kids games. Um, one of my favorites is tiny park, um, which is like a, um, a Tetramino game. 
you know, where you're trying to put the little Tetris shapes together uh, to make a little park. And uh, it's it's like a barren park or something like that, but for kids. Mm-hmm. And like that game is legit good. Like my wife and I play it sometimes, just us, because it's just like a real low key, like easy kids game to play, right? So so anyway, so my kids super into games to begin with. Um, and then yeah, I really think that just seeing that I was putting stuff out and and you know, I, I think the big spark happened for them when I showed them water balloon washout for the first time and they actually got to because me talking about designing games was one thing but Mm -hmm. them actually getting to be like whoa dad made this it's in a box it's printed they see it in stores like when we go to game stores Mm -hmm. um around michigan especially we see it there we'll see some of my other games there and they're like whoa like they think that's the coolest thing ever um so because of that like (laughs) i think that they were like I want to do that too. And, and, you know, both of our kids, you know, like for my wife and I, they're into the stuff we're into, right? Like they want to be a part of that. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. So I think that that's, um, I think that's probably a huge reason as to why, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, it's the same reason why, like, you know, that my neighbors, like the dad's super into baseball and every single kid is like really good at baseball and plays a lot of baseball, right? um except for game design is fun um i'm just kidding if you like baseball good for you um (laughs) but yeah so i i do think that there is you know if they see you doing a positive thing that is fun and cool they want to be part of that right right um so we mean like what are your kind of takeaways from this? Like about thinking about like, you know, either like doing something like this with like your nieces and nephews as they get older or like, you know, stealing a kid from somewhere and just like being like, Hey kid, let's design a game. Your parents are shopping. Let's just sit here and design a game on the supermarket floor. It's going to be great. Like, like how do you feel about the idea of doing that sort of thing? Not the actual, like, you know, grabbing a kid at random and trying to make him design a game. Right. To be clear. BTG does not endorse that. Right, whatever it might be. Um, Yeah, it's super exciting. Um, I I hope, um, you know, they're, I feel like right now they're still getting into and figuring out what what their likes are, what they're into. Um, I do have the privilege of being the cool aunt. And so I feel like um, I get extra points sometimes for that. So maybe they'll buy into board games because uh, they know, uh, or they will come to know. Right now, all they know is there's two shelves of things that uh, Auntie Raven is not a fan of them touching at the moment. Mm-hmm. But as they get older, um, I'm hoping that we can um, explore that together. Uh, hopefully, by then, I'll have uh, at least one. Uh, I'll, I'll put at least something out into the world, and so they'll see that. And maybe they'll you know, want to do something together. I think even just... Um, a quick kind of design storm together could be fun to do. Um, especially mm-hmm. just kids at various ages, the way that they think about things um, and pull in different, I feel like they still have that. Uh, I, I try to <laughs> channel my sense of wonderment at the world, but as an adult, I feel like sometimes it's difficult to, to do. 
more so than when you're a kid and not thinking about all these other things. Um, but just to kind of engage with them in that space, I think it'd be, you know, between, of course, the, the fun and the, the communication relationship building, but also just the kind of expanding of uh, thought process, looking into different things. Um, I'm looking forward to, it's probably going to be at least another five or so years, but there are some, um, there are, are some, at, at least until that time we get into the design process, um, but I'm looking forward to being able to play some things with um, in the next few years or so, the older ones anyway, and hoping that they like it and we can go further down that path. And then of course, you know, if it turns out that they're not that into it, then I'm okay with that too. Um, but then you can, I mean, you can just disown them. It's cool. They I'm kidding. Play. They don't have to like games. It's totally cool. Yeah, yes, it's okay. Not everyone has to. Um, but, you know, it, it'd be um, it'd be cool if they didn't. And if they didn't, we'll, we'll find something else to bond over. But if they do, um, then I have hours and hours of entertainment for them. So. Yes, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> and if you decide to design kids' games, even by yourself, then you have playtesters, which is also great, right? you know very very true uh, so it always helps uh because again clearly from my little uh shape activity you can think that it should line up a certain way because a is a and b is b but clearly that is not how the cookie crumbles sometimes so play testing <laughs> is key regardless of the demographic right 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 well, hey, this has been a really fun discussion around this. Um, I, I would love to, uh, we talked about you pitching a game at the beginning that it's not a kid's game, I believe, but uh, I would love uh, for you to chat about a game now if, you, if you're if you up for it. Yeah, yeah. Um, it is definitely not, uh, I, I shouldn't say definitely not. If you have <laughs> yeah, you sound like it's, I'm like, <laughs> you told me what this game is about and I feel like definitely not is a, is a weird way to say it. Right. <laughs> Uh, that goes against several of the things we talked about this uh, evening. Uh, but no, it could possibly be a game depending on the, the kid in question. But generally speaking, I think that age range will be 12 and up just to play it safe. Um, it's a card game called Wreath. Um, it is a holiday game, a winter game, um, where essentially... Um, uh, there's a little bit of a kind of keeping up with the Joneses aspect where there's this family that has like a super nice wreath. Uh, and then another family sees that and then they commission. So all players are wreath makers. Uh, they're in different families are commissioning wreaths that are better than what other families have uh, on their doors. Uh, and so it's a race to complete the most, the most, Reef is also a tongue twister. Uh, <laughs> within the span of uh, three rounds, uh, thinking five days, essentially mimicking a couple of weeks um, of uh, the holiday season, so to speak. Um, and so whoever has uh, designed the most wreaths at the end, um, I think there'll be a point, point system associated with the different wreaths. Um, it, it's set up to, it's a hybrid. I've been trying to, um, 
kind of rein it in a little bit because right now there is a lot of components, potential components, I should say. Um, still early designs, but there are cards involved. There's a player board. There's a main board. Um, and I'm trying to get rid of one of the boards, which I think will probably be the main board and have those just be cards as well. Um, without having, you know, a giant box of cards because <laughs> that's not ideal either. Um, and potentially thinking about morphing it into a roll and write because right now some of the cards are the components for the wreaths. There are three main ones. There's greenery. Um, there are the um, ribbons. Uh, and then there's also... Um, I've been calling them accoutrement, but I really need to uh, have a better <laughs> word for it than that. But your um, non-green flowering plants, usually um, your berries, your acorns, your uh, pine cones, things of that nature. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So you put together combinations of those to satisfy the different orders that come in. You have to restock. Uh, your supplies every now and then and hopefully get things when they're on sale uh and yeah so it's kind of like a little uh i guess running a business type simulator fulfilling orders and whatnot um with a, a wintry theme that sounds really interesting the the whole idea that there's too many components i mean that's I wouldn't worry about that for now, right? That that pro that problem should fix itself over time as part of the design, right? I mean, that's right. in theory. Or you end up with like a euro about making Christmas wreaths, right? Either or, <laughs> options are almost endless, but not really. But yeah, we'll figure. My my goal would be to fit it in a small box, um, just because the idea of trying to get on my own anyway, a medium or large box out in this uh, day and age is daunting <laughs> to say the least. Mm -hmm. I think the world is still experiencing the same issues with shipping and components yeah. and resources and all that. So, um, Plus, I don't know, that just kind of sounds like it would be a small box game, right? Like I picture that as like a smaller box game. I mean, I know you're describing it feels like it could be a larger experience but it does theme wise feels like it could be like a i mean then again you think of something like a sagrada or a zool right i mean like those that size box could could feel like that but i i, I definitely see what you mean about all the costs associated with a box like that right uh i agree too i think just the the nature of the theme and whatnot i would if someone told me about the game and didn't tell me the weight, I would assume that it's uh, in a, a smaller box or a wider game. Right, right, right. I, so. I, I mean, I'm sure I could make an hour and a half long game about making reads. I'm not sure how that would be received. Uh, but something a bit shorter and lighter, I think, would be better received. I think if somebody wants to spend that much time making wreaths, they might just make wreaths, right? Right, that might. <laughs> this wreath makers would be like, Get oh crafting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I tell you, I did learn quite a bit about making wreaths from uh, from that process. And, and then that's always a line of when you're trying to simulate something, how in-depth 
are you going to go? How um, realistic? And then how many things are you like, okay, well, this just isn't, this is too much. And so I'm just going to simplify and condense down. It's not exactly mm-hmm. that, but you know what? It can't be a hundred percent all the time in these kind of scenarios. Yeah. That's kind of like the classic thing about simulation games, right? Is that like, how much do you simulate and you know, what is that, what does that entail? Right. And you know, at what point are you better off doing the thing than playing a simulation of it? Right. Have you ever played, um, this is not a board game, but video game. Um, have you ever played the Sims? Yeah. The, like the computer game, the Sims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I've I I played it a very very long time ago, back when it was like real simple, and now like you can do everything in that game. <laughs> Almost, it's it's surprising. Uh, I've played it since I I don't know ten ish. Uh, so I've seen all the different iterations, but there is like some of the older versions have more actual like when someone is cooking like they take out a bowl and they put things in the bowl and they're actually like using cabinets and drawers and now like just bowls appear and disappear and they don't quite oh interesting interesting yes yes but it's just like a you know wondering what factored in to make those decisions to take out certain things and add certain things and of course now they can do a lot of things that they couldn't do back then in different ways so there's there's um right positives and negatives there but whenever you're doing it also makes me think of which i have and i, I haven't taken it out of the shrink yet um but i played it before and i liked it so i bought it um suburbia and a couple other kind of like simulated mm-hmm. building type um games and it's just like someone at someone had to draw a line somewhere <laughs> because it's impossible mm-hmm. Right, right. But yeah, hopefully with Wreath, um, I do want to get it to a virtual table in the next, um, I'm going to say, over the summer at some point. Uh, probably some yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get people place-destined around around the holidays for you? Yeah, I'll place it around the holidays. Maybe by the next iteration of the holidays, I can actually, it'd be something that I'd want to release just before the holiday season um which is always uh definitely not at it because shipping and fees and stuff is crazy at that point but if i could get it out just beforehand probably around like right. giving ish at the latest that would be perfect. yeah <laughs> uh i hate that's to be right. then would i be that person that's like talking about the holidays and whatnot before thanksgiving has come like is that uh, a faux pas or is it okay in this regard Oh, I'll have to find out. <laughs> yeah, right. So yeah, that sounds that sounds fun. Let me know when you get that up and running digitally. I would love to play test it. That sounds like something that would be up my alley for sure. Will do. I'll definitely keep you posted. And uh, listeners, thanks for joining us tonight. I hope you enjoyed our conversation about designing games with kids. And uh, yeah, I hope you uh, had a good time as like we did. Um, if you want to get in touch with us, of course, you can go to buildingthegamepodcast.com. You can uh, there find a link to our Discord. You can also find us at buildingthegamepodcast at gmail.com. Find us on the Twitter at podcastbtg, at jaslingerland, at underscore Raven McKenzie. 
And uh, you can, of course, come back every single week and listen to us on all your favorite podcasting apps while you're doing that. Download us on every app. Why not? Have us everywhere. It'll be great. We hope to see you again next week. But until then, good night. Good night. Building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. Building the game. Building the game. With Jason and friends. With Jason and friends. The end of the episode. That's when it technically ends.